Amos Giora gave legal advice on targeted killings to the Israeli Defense Forces in the 1990s. Today, he's a professor at the University of Utah, where he writes and lectures about counterterrorism and law. Amos, you've read through the leaked Justice Department memo that contains guidelines for the targeted killing of U.S. citizens abroad. So compare this for us with the Israeli approach, which you know pretty intimately. Are, are the courts a part of the decision-making process there? In Israel, because of the High Court of Justice, which is a branch of the Supreme Court, there's very engaged and robust judicial review of the executive decision-making process. And that's in direct contrast to here in the United States, where, frankly, there really is, in the context of something like the drone policy, there is no robust judicial review. And so when the Israeli Supreme Court a number of years ago ruled on the Israeli targeted killing policy, it very much set down guidelines, criteria for the Israeli executive in its decision-making process. And that, frankly, is in direct contrast to the American system. And if you read through this memo, we can get into the details of it. It articulates, establishes a paradigm that, from my perspective, is, is not really rooted in the rule of law, not really reflective of morality in armed conflict, and raises some pretty important questions about its effectiveness. So get, get get into the details, then, because from what I read uh, of the Israeli decision, uh, they won't attack civilians unless the civilians, for such time as they take a direct part in hostilities, then they will. So how does that differ from the, the U.S. kind of construct? You hit the uh, probably the wrong expression, but you hit the nail on the head. The two most important sentences in the DOJ memo suggest or articulate that there need not be clear evidence that a specific attack on U.S. persons and interests will take place in the immediate future. And that's how imminence is defined, meaning there really is no imminence um, requirement. And that, you're absolutely right. So, so how, does, how, how does Israel define imminent threat then? Imminent threat is defined as imminent threat, that it's an attack that is, that is going to occur, that the plan is, is well underway, and it's not abstract nor ephemeral, and that you need to have clear evidence that it's a specific attack. It's not vague. And, and the, this DOJ memo, you know, not to wear too much the legal hat, but it's, it's overbroad uh, with broad breadth and, and amorphousness in the context of a clear lack of, of specific guidelines and criteria. The moment that it says, that, and I'm reading from the memo, does not require the, Uni the United States to have clear evidence that a specific attack on U.S. persons and interests will take place in the immediate future. Um, probably the best way to put this in, in a colloquial, and I apologize for the expression, it's carte blanche, and there's nothing more dangerous in operational counterterrorism than to give a commander carte blanche. Is it possible, Amos Giora, that there is a strategic advantage to the ambiguity in the Department of Justice memo? I mean, you know, there are scenarios that a country just can't anticipate. I think of 9-11. Right. I think that this ambiguity and vagueness, I understand it. You know, I had a seat at the table of operational counterterrorism for 20 years. That said, my fear is that we've opened the floodgates extremely broadly in terms of the very loose definition of legitimate target slash direct participant. And, you know, the business of counterterrorism is, is an ugly business. And the moment that commanders have given this, have been given this extremely broad definition by the administration through the DOJ memo, my great concern is that we're engaged, we're going to proceed forward in a, in a targeted killing or drone policy paradigm that is not predicated on rational-based decision-making, 
devoid of criteria with no guidelines and no self-imposed restraints. I find that deeply disturbing. And generally speaking, Amos Giora, I mean, what's your take on the morality of targeted killing, targeted assassination? Targeted killing, I don't call it assassination because assassination, according to international law, is, is of a political leader, and political leaders aren't being targeted here. Terrorists are being targeted. I think that targeted killing, when done predicated on rational-based decision-making with very strict criteria and guidelines in the context of self-defense is reflects morality in armed conflict. But a paradigm which is so broad in terms of no clear evidence and that it not take, need not take place in the immediate future, I would suggest that this memo morphs into that disturbing gray area where morality crosses into the line of or sphere of immorality. Well, Amos Giora, thank you very much for your thoughts on this. It's absolutely my pleasure. Anytime. Amos Giora, a legal expert on targeted killing at the University of Utah.